0: Hi there, I'm Nkami Wara. There are said to be seven spheres of influence which control the entire world. Seven fundamental sectors that on their own dictate the outcome of a section of human history and together define the entire world at any given moment. These seven sectors include the family, religion, education, media, government, business, and arts and entertainment. These seven sectors have the greatest influence over society and any given generation. Over the following months on Youth Vibes, beginning with today's episode, we ask the question, How can the believer influence whatever sector or sectors he or she belongs to? How can we work together to lay a solid foundation for the next generation? There is no better place to begin this conversation than with the family. Here's Godfrey
1: Hello to each of our listeners out there. I'm your friend and host for today, Godfrey Ali. And our focus on this episode is the family sphere of influence in the society. Our mission in today's episode is to explore the roles of the family in influencing society, and how the abdication of these duties have contributed to the moral decadence we currently witness, especially amongst young people in our society today. Now, to do justice to this topic, I have with me Mr. Thomas Sule and Mrs. Ineka Sule. You're welcome, and thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. So, to begin with, this has a simple question. What is family? Mike can go first.
3: <laughs> no, I wanted my husband to answer that question.
1: <laughs> okay, sir. She doesn't have to do ladies first. So,
4: Family is just the basic unit of society. And uh, since we're speaking from a Christian perspective, mm. it's just uh, the combination of a man and woman mm. who have chosen and married. Each other under God, hmm. based on the standards hmm. of God's word, hmm. to okay. do that which will bring honor to His name.
1: Awesome, thank you. So, as Christians, let's talk about the duty of the family in producing godly youth for the society. Yes,
3: ma'am. Um, if you if we go back to um, The beginning, when God created a man and woman, he said that they should be fruitful and they should multiply, they should subdue Mm. the earth. And so that was the the major, that was God's, um, I think, let me say, heartbeat. Yeah. The family, that is God's heartbeat, the Mm. family, created man and woman. Later they had children, Mm. of course. And um, asking them to be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth was not just about giving birth to children, of Mm. course, but to take dominion over everything that he created. Yes. And so in taking dominion, of course, that dominion needs to be positive, positive Mm. dominion Mm. over the earth. And that is what um, God has given unto us as Christians, Mm. as Christian families. That's Mm. the assignment. That's Mm. the role he has given unto us to do, to take dominion positively Mm. over his creation.
1: Okay. Yes, sir.
4: What is the expectation? What do you
3: expect? Yeah,
1: the duties of a family. The, of, okay.
4: Mm. Is it of the family generally or of the Christians, Yeah, a Christian as Christians, as
1: Christians okay. our duties in For, producing godly youth.
4: Yeah, mm. uh, like she said, one of the things we need to know is that uh, the Christian family, <coughs> like I earlier said, forms a basic unit of every society yeah. and if we're going to have a healthy society mm. through the uh, through having healthy youth or positively developed youth members of society mm. that are useful to society mm. developmental wise I think the family plays an important role and uh, we talk about youths Uh, People don't just come into their youthful age in one night.
2: They
4: start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it starts from being children. Mm. So the family has that responsibility of impacting and molding these children Mm. Mm character-wise and morally Mm. to make them into the right kind of members that society wants. Mm. When you look at societies, various societies have standards for good living, Mm. you know, for morality. Uh, If a society has such standards, Mm. then the society will strive to bring up its children. And consequently, the youths Mm. will imbibe that culture of that society and uh, will become reasonable members of society. Mm. Because you can't imagine someone coming into a society. For example, now, Mm. uh, let's say... Where I come from in Zaria, it's very strange Mm. for us to see a woman standing and urinating. Mm. But uh, shockingly for me, when I came to Plateau State and a few other places that I went to, Mm. I saw women standing up to urinate.
2: That's
4: an abomination in Zaria.
2: The
4: woman is expected to squat, and Mm. part of that reasoning also developed because of the Islamic concept of society. Mm. Majority of us have interacted in such a manner that we feel that a woman should not stain herself Mm. by urinating because if she stands up, definitely the thing will not come out the way that of a man Mm. will come out. It is not a pure jet. Mm. So it will just uh, shower. and, uh, And so for a number of us, that's uh, strange. Mm. So, even in the development of children, mm. you find out that if I develop children that are aberrations or aberrants mm. in a society, yeah. then we'll definitely have problems in that society. Exactly. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thank you, sir. So, um, what are your observations, ma'am, regarding morality when you were growing up and morality in our society today?
3: Today, <coughs> there's a very, very serious difference, very shocking difference between um then mm. when I was growing up and now. Um well we um, well those days I don't know do you want me to give you specific examples of oh, that? Sure, sure. Um mm. well those days mm. we had um okay let me talk about the way that um boys and girls related then mm. then it was it was strange for you to hug a boy in public mm. as a girl. Mm. It wasn't something that was common. Mm. You went. I mean, I we shake hands. You, mm. I, okay, my husband said you don't. You didn't even shake hands. Well, we shook hands during <laughs> my time. You know you're older than <laughs> me, so we shook, we shook hands <laughs> <laughs> during my time. But we, mm. but we didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't hug mm. openly.
1: Yeah,
3: it wasn't a common thing. Mm. But now it's so common. Even after service, you're mm. seeing. Um, after you're just coming out of church. You're mm. seeing boys and girls hugging, mm. and I remember those days when we started seeing that. My husband used to be very upset with it. You see, what is wrong with these people? They are. You see the way they are hugging, they're hugging. <laughs> so, well, that, that's that's something. Well, I I, I don't know. Well, it do, it doesn't mean that mm. they are being immoral, really. But those those were some of the things that we I guess weighed morality by. Mm. And then when I was growing up too, it was not a common thing for. A, a girl to live with a, mm-hmm, a boy mm-hmm. that she wasn't married to. Yeah. Yes, in the university, we had some girls who were wild, mm-hmm. who, well, we termed them wild girls mm-hmm. because they went out with um, sugar daddies. Mm-hmm. Then we were called sugar daddies. I'm not sure that, that terminology is no, still they're used. No, they still being They say call people sugar daddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I don't hear that so mm-hmm. much anymore. And, and then um, girls... You know, for a girl to get pregnant, mm. pregnant out of wedlock yes. was a strange thing. Mm-hmm. But now there's a euphemistic way mm. that they are termed now. You say uh, baby mama. Baby
1: mama. Just yeah.
3: yesterday, my husband and I were talking about that, mm. about the you know the use of mm-hmm. that phrase, baby mama, and how mm. it has now it now looks like a very like something that is is okay, is mm. nice. It's not something that is horrible because then yeah. they will say you got pregnant mm-hmm. for somebody mm-hmm. out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. As she's pregnant, your mother is filled with shame. Everybody mm. feels, but now you say, "Oh, she's baby uh, look at her baby bump." In fact, now they're even coming <laughs> out and they're yeah. talking about baby bump mm-hmm. and they're talking about photo uh, shoots. Yes, photo mm-hmm. shoots. Mm-hmm. You see some ridiculous things on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Instagram and all that. You mm. see people who are. Um, almost naked, and mm-hmm. they said they're doing a photo shoot of, yeah. photo of their baby bumps. Mm. That is, that was odd. That mm-hmm. was um, shockingly odd in mm-hmm. those days. It, it, it never happened. It never uh-huh. happened. I'm there to ask I if you ever
1: even had that kind of thing. There was nothing
3: like that. There mm-hmm. wasn't like a photo shoot mm. when you were pregnant. In fact, mm. even when you were married mm. and you were pregnant, it wasn't something that you were displaying mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You were even feeling funny that, hey, mm-hmm. now everybody will know that I slept with somebody that, that was, I, I, my, my uh, husband and I are sleeping yeah. together. That's why
1: I'm Evidence.
3: Friends. Of course you are sleeping <laughs> with your husband. But mm-hmm. it wasn't something that mm-hmm. you were displaying. So now that girls are coming out and they are showing their baby bumps and they are showing their um, naked mm-hmm, stomachs,
5: mm-hmm.
3: I'm wondering, in fact, my friend one day asked, what is the big deal about this pregnancy these mm-hmm. days? So those, those are some of the um, signals that mm. we are, I mean, we are on a decline as mm. far as morality is con- concerned. And okay, I, I talked about people moving in and sleeping, sleeping yeah. with boys. Mm. People who were, they were not married to, mm. you, are, you are sleeping with them. In fact, it was so bad, it was so serious that when we were growing up watching television, then when you saw a man kissing a woman and mm. you're watching television with your parents, you close your eyes or yes. you turn your face in your face. Way that's how we watch television. You're yeah, busy, yes. <laughs> you start looking for something to do immediately. Yeah, you look into the start, sky, yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. You look <laughs> anywhere but at the screen. Yeah, you, dare you, I,
4: water. Water. you dare not, run. Let me go. You dare not look, look at the
3: screen that <laughs> you're there, they're they kissing because your parents are mm-hmm. looking, using their side eye to tell you that. Uh-huh. Oh, you're even watching nonsense. <laughs> that is when they are mm. kissing now. Now they are sexy, mm, yes, on television, and children are watching and they're smiling and they're, mm. they I mean. It's it's um is a totally different thing now from what it was then. Mm. And I think I prefer what it was then. <laughs> so, I think we all well I would say we all I think do, I prefer but how yeah. it was then mm. because there was um I think a level of sanity mm. as far as morality was concerned is concerned back then compared mm. to what is going on now.
1: Mm. Okay. Thank you, sir. Can you weigh?
4: Yeah. Mm. Uh you see, when you do a comparison, the truth of the matter is there are certain factors we can't run away from. Yeah. Sometimes we talk of uh, progress of society. I don't mm. want to use the word development.
2: Mm.
4: Uh, progress. The current trends in society, those practicing them, think that it's progressive. Mm. They are not being held back yeah. by the shackles mm. of the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why you keep having this uh, uh statement about uh old school
2: Mm -hmm.
4: and uh, so everything old school for the current generation Mm -hmm. is not good yeah but in the past we experienced a difference when it comes Mm -hmm. to the raising of male and female children Mm -hmm. uh like my wife had said there is some level of segregation even in the home Mm -hmm. even in the home with very few exceptions Boys and girls never slept in the same room. Mm. You are not even, you may be brother and sister Mm. in the same house, but there were certain restrictions, certain things you were not allowed to do. In fact, in the schools, from primary school, those days what we had was called physical education, Mm. PE. We came out to do exercises and the rest of them. The dresses for the girls or the attire for the girls was different, Mm. you know, than those of the boys. But today, you know, Nobody makes any gender, no difference between what the genders were. And uh, some of these things, gradually, people felt they were being progressive. And uh, a number of these things actually didn't start in our country here. Yes, It started from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of the influence of the internet and the web, I mean, so many people have imbibed these things. Mm. Today, you go to all these media social media, you see all sorts of things. And gradually people are are introducing these things. Mm -hmm. But in candid terms, I think uh, one or two things may have helped in maybe changing certain perspectives of how we used to behave in the past. For example, uh, in the past, most schools were segregated. It's Mm -hmm. either a completely boys' school a completely yes. girls, all-girls school. Mm. And you find out that uh, when it's time for marriage, some of those boys are at a loss. They are completely at sea mm. as to how, how to approach and how to <laughs> yes. speak, how to mm-hmm. say certain things. Mm-hmm. I, for one, I knew how tough it was for me to even open my mouth <laughs> and uh, begin to say, what if mm. she tells me no?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: What will I say, you know? And uh, those kind of experiences. So somehow now, young people... Are a bit freer with themselves. Mm. But again, the freedom for me has gone to another extreme mm. position where certain things are no longer taboo. Mm. And uh, my wife has mentioned all this uh, shacking up and all the rest. Mm. We're just hanging out. Mm. I mean, people who hang out, what are they doing? Mm. Doing nothing, more or less. Essentially just wasting your time away and uh, you say you're hanging out. Mm. Uh, candidly, there <laughs> has been a sincere decline Mm. Morally, in the way we raise our children, mm. and the, the internet is a great contributor to yeah. this. Okay, thank you so much.
1: Now, considering everything you've said about morality in the society, all these examples we've given, everything we've mentioned, do you feel the Christian family has done a good job in churning out godly youth? Ma,
3: I don't think they have. Uh, the Christian family has done. The, the, the Christian family has tried, but then. Um, I I, th- I think the Christian family has tried, yes, but maybe not uh, perfectly so. Well, when you say Christian family, what exactly are you even talking about? Mm. Are you talking about people who go to church? Mm. Or are you talking about people who are sincerely serving God? Well, when we, when, I know generally when we say Christian family, we're just talking about people who go to church, people who are not... Mm. Muslims or atheists mm. or or, what, uh, or a traditional <coughs> worshippers mm. or something yeah. uh, so um, I, I think we have we still have a long way to go
5: mm.
3: as Christians because unfortunately many of the times we allow the world to dictate to us, we allow society to dictate to us how to raise our children. Mm. unfortunately, many times we do that many times we look at what. Other people are doing. We look at what our neighbors are doing as far as raising their children are, is concerned, and then we, we we tend to tend to imitate them yeah. instead of um, going by the standard of the Word of God. Mm. Unfortunately, that's what happens a number of times. So I I really I think we have um, fallen short of the expectations that we have from the Word of God and from mm. Christ Himself as far as raising our children is concerned. Mm. Okay, so yeah way? I think
4: that uh, the Christian family has made effort. Mm. in fact, I dare say mm. that uh, the reason why the decay is has not completely gone at a faster pace mm. is probably because of the efforts of the Christian family, mm. but there are still lapses mm. uh, One of the things the, that the Christian weaknesses the Christian family is experiencing these days a number of people who come together to form families Mm. are actually not prepared for it.
2: Mm.
4: A young man and a young woman meet, Mm. and they think uh, because biologically, Mm.
2: they
4: have all it takes to form a child, they think they are old enough to be married. Mm. Uh, You need to be prepared mentally, not just physically Mm. and psychologically.
2: Mm.
4: I, for one, told myself, for some years that I wasn't going to get married because I felt psychologically I wasn't prepared for it. Mm. And then w- with other factors, one of the things that held me down was the kind of job I was doing then. Mm. Always roaming from one part of the country to the other. Sometimes I can be away from my station for two months. Oh. And I asked myself, which woman will come and sit and wait for you and you're away 30 days, 60 days? you are not at home just because of work. Mm. And uh, definitely by the time you have a child, if you are not careful, that child may become dysfunctional mm. because you are now, now condemning that child to a one-parent family, mm-hmm. you know? The way God designed it, it's supposed to be a combination of the two.
2: Yes,
4: There are things that a woman brings into a relationship mm. that no matter what a man does, mm-hmm. he or she can, uh, he, he can never bring those kind of things. Mm. But she has the capacity... You see, a number of times, uh, like somebody just said recently, that men now have now discovered uh, the wayo that women used to do to them. That uh, they will tell children when they misbehave, oh, yeah, wait till your daddy comes back. Mm. I will report you to your daddy. Mm. Daddy will handle you. So, and daddy, when he comes back, the mother will tell daddy, ah, so-so and so-so did this, uh, whatever. And daddy will just frown and pounce on the young child. Mm. Before you know it, Daddy has this, uh, the the child has this impression that this daddy is not a friendly person. Mm. Daddy is not my friend. He's a very tough and difficult person to Mm. relate with. And uh, he grows up with that kind of mindset. Mm. But back to the issue of the decline. Mm. The Christian family, in so many areas, we've not prepared our young people Mm. to do a good job of marriage. Mm. Because we need to train our young men Mm. to know what it means to be a husband, mm. to be a father, you know? Most times our concentrations have been on the young ladies
5: mm-hmm. who
4: tell them to be good this, to mm. be good that. I remember we struggled with that as young students in on campus. And I and a friend, Tony, I remember took this upon ourselves and decided to form for the first time what we then called a brother's fellowship because we used to have a sister's fellowship. Mm. And they were meeting and having all sorts of discussions, but the brothers never had anything. Mm. Uh, And you Mm. notice that uh, we had brothers who will sit down. Some of them felt it was a sign of virtue that somebody will not uh, brush his teeth from Mm. morning till (laughs) evening, you know. Yeah, he's a very (laughs) prayerful person and uh, he was jacking, you know, studying Mm. and all those kind of things. And then his armpits will be Mm. all smelly and the rest of them. You wear your clothes, you've sweated, you don't know that. Even if you don't have soap, Mm. there are certain things you can do Mm -hmm. to, I mean, get the sweat off those uh, particular things. So we started uh, a few of those things. Of course, it didn't catch on. It didn't catch on because I know after we left school, it was like it died. But gradually, we are seeing a few changes in certain Mm. congregations Mm. around. But Mm. candidly, the Mm. Christian family has helped Mm. to arrest the decline. Mm. But there are uh, quite a lot of gaps.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: So,
1: excuse me. One of the reasons we're talking about the Christian family is because of some of the observations we've made. Like, yeah, Ma, you were talking about what we mean by Christian family, right? Mm-hmm. But um, not necessarily talking about those that identify um, with Christianity just by name okay. or by going to church. Because you've seen people that, you know, are very um, committed, at least outwardly. We don't see the heart, but you see that they're committed mm. to God. But then they probably don't want to belong to They probably don't want to belong to a certain group or class. You know, Mm -hmm. they want to, you know, identify with a certain class of people. You know, it's like they have that kind of weakness Mm -hmm. and um, they don't mind certain imported characteristics or sending children at a very young age abroad, you know, and then it becomes a problem. So what do you have to say about, you know, those situations?
3: Well, I, I think it's just a very um, real case of peer pressure. Mm. That is one of the things that influences people a lot. Peer pressure, sometimes people think it's just with young people. But mm. you, you actually, even older people can mm. be influenced by peer pressure. Like you talked about the case of sending very young people mm. overseas. And then there's nobody to watch over those mm-hmm. children. You don't know what they go and do over there. Um, I've, I've even heard of cases where, um, where there are certain things that people do. It might not always um, turn out negatively. The thing is, you have to just know your children. Mm. You need to know the kind of children that you have and some of the things that can um, affect the children negatively. Sometimes you you have parents who give children handsets at a very young age Mm. and you ask yourself, what is the essence of giving this five-year-old, for Mm. instance, a handset? Mm. What is this child going to do? A smartphone. Mm. A smartphone. And that child has access to the internet. Mm. And then tomorrow you're wondering, where did this child get some of these negative attitudes from? Mm-hmm. You, have, you already opened the door by doing some of these things. Mm. And I remember some years ago in the Sunday school, somebody brought give, mm. th- then when Blackberry was raining, mm-hmm. somebody gave their, um, the child, a, a, that particular class was for um, children who were three and four years mm. old. And it gave, the, it gave the child a Blackberry for. When, <laughs> and then one of the teachers complained mm. to the parent, to the mother. said, why would you give your child a Blackberry? The mother said the, the teacher was envious of the child. She said, because you don't have a Blackberry. Mm. That's why you think my child shouldn't have mm. a Blackberry. You can't afford it. You can't afford a Blackberry. Mm. So that's why you're you are envious of my child. Mm. Why should a three or four year old child have, mm-hmm. a, bla- ha- have a Blackberry phone? Mm. Well, internet well, an internet in, enabled mm. Yes, an internet enabled wow. phone. Why should even a 10 year old child Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, sometimes maybe some people might think, oh, you're being overly strict and all that. But the thing is, some of the things that you're exposing those, that child to are not necessary. They're actually damaging mm. to the child because the child is not old enough to process, to filter some of these things out. You as an adult, maybe you're watching something and uh, maybe a scene comes across that you shouldn't be looking at. You have the maturity to, mm. I mean, you're mature enough yeah. to put it off or turn away from that. Mm. But the child is curious. The child wants to see how is this thing going to end? Mm-hmm, what exactly mm-hmm, is going on mm-hmm. here? So some of those things are things that influence um, parents, mm-hmm. Christian parents. Mm-hmm. Some of these issues of peer pressure. You feel, oh, my child needs to go overseas to school. And then you're not there with the child. It's a different case when you're there with the child. Mm-hmm. Or somebody, somebody is there with the child who can monitor the child yeah. and then kind of like shield the child from some of the societal pressures yes. that are found in some mm-hmm. of those um, um, places, countries, yeah. those countries. Mm-hmm. But if you're not and you just send the child alone, how do you mm-hmm. want to check what the child is doing? Mm. How are you able to talk to the child about, even when you are here in the country with the child, you're trying to make sure that the child goes to church, the child mm. goes for fellowship, goes, does all those things. And then the child now has all the liberty he or she you know, can um, um, see mm. in life. And nobody's there to check. I think it's a very risky thing that we do as um, Christians. And just because we want to prove a point, just because we want people to say, oh, we have arrived or Mm. we're able to do this, we belong to a certain class Mm. of people, class of people who can send their children, versus class of people who can give their children cars Mm -hmm. to drive, to own, Mm -hmm. not just to drive. Maybe um, the the child is in, in... well, I don't know. People have different uh, um, reasons for why they do things, why they do things. So maybe charge child is in secondary school. And I say, okay, you can take the car to school or something, or mm-hmm. even maybe first year in university and all that. What, what exactly are you trying to achieve? I think that's one of the things we need to ask ourselves. What mm. is the reason for doing this, mm. and does it make sense? Mm.
1: Okay. So. Thank you, Ma. That's interesting. So, sir, earlier you said something about um, progressive. We've done a, an episode here about um, progressive and conservative Christians. So now you find a lot of ideas, you know, different kinds of churches are springing up with their own progressive, in quotes, ideas. And then you find parents, Christian parents, that are more conservative, not being strict with their children. They allow their children to go to those churches and then they are filled with all manner of ideas. So what do you have to, what's your thoughts on that?
4: You see, the thing is, um, there is a limit to what you can control your children from watching or imbibing or studying or Mm -hmm. reading. Because once your child knows how to read or has access to how to find information, Mm -hmm. there are limits to what you can do. Mm -hmm. That's why from the very beginning, you need to start Mm -hmm. with that child. Train up a child in the way he or she should go. Mm -hmm. And when they grow up, they will not depart from it. If I leave a child to his own devices, Mm -hmm. and every day I'm not at home, I leave the child with a house help or with somebody who is helping to stay with that child, and the child has access to free TV, Mm -hmm. no controls. I assure you that by the time you leave that child doing that for six, seven, eight years, the day you come and you say you want to curb certain excesses or you want to put certain... uh, Barriers Mm -hmm. to what that child is doing, you're going to have a real serious fight Mm -hmm. on your hand with that child. So I think uh, parents need to start young to teach their children to show Mm -hmm. them what the right thing is. Mm -hmm. I know of families who have made up their minds that Mm -hmm. uh, some of these children will not be Mm -hmm. prevented from visiting any of the churches they want. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, the parents will sit down and talk with the child, especially if the church is not doing anything contrary to scriptures. Yes, you find out that young people, naturally, maybe in your church, they are not dancing enough. Mm. They are not singing <laughs> mm. what the children term mm. good songs or mm. modern songs. You are singing the old type of hymns, and uh, you can't prevent them. Mm. I give an example. When we were younger people in school, one of the things people felt was, those of us who were in the fellowship. Oh, we're introducing all these modern songs Mm. and we're always jumping here and there. Yes, now I realize because of the energy of the youth, Mm. it was easier for us to jump. Mm. We can do fellowship and jump up and down singing Mm. for three hours without getting tired. In fact, we've done it five, six hours. Mm. But we don't expect adults to do the same thing. Now when I look back, I now realize that we were also myopic in our own thinking as young
2: people Mm -hmm.
4: because we'll see this... uh, Old people, they were not jumping the way we were jumping. We say, ah, these ones are not spirit people. They are not holy people. You know? <laughs> mm. they are, I forgot one word. We, there was a word we had for them. Mm. You know, like uh, they are just laid back. people. Mm. But now looking back, I realize that they don't have that energy to be jumping all over the place. Mm. Because the body is not as strong as it used to mm. be. But con- con- controlling. To say your children should not go because they are going to some of these modern churches. Mm. I think you are going to have serious problems mm. on your hand. The best thing is, as a parent, know what the scripture says. Mm. Understand the messages Mm. from those congregations. Mm. If there is something that is even contrary, have a discussion Mm. with that child. Explain to them Mm. why you think what that man is propagating Mm. is contrary to scriptures. Mm. You may be able to correct some. You may not be Mm. able to correct some but you can't completely Mm. control the life of your child because Mm. for now, maybe that child is in your house. Mm. If that child leaves your house, the child can decide to go to any place. Mm. But the most important thing is, if you set a good foundation, you'll have it easier with that child later on in life.
2: Mm.
4: Uh, Some of us go out of our way, like we had earlier said in this conversation, Mm. to allow children access to all sorts of things. Mm. If you allow your child to have access to the internet at a young age, Let's say a child that is about eight, nine, and the child starts getting indoctrinated by a congregation like the Family of God, you know, or the Army of God. They Mm. have all sorts of cultic groups, and most of them emanate from the Western world. Mm. We have a few here in Nigeria. If you remember, I think it was uh, in 2020, during the COVID Mm. something, that somebody carried a group of people from Kaduna and went to somewhere in a a state or is it Malaysia and uh, that they were waiting for the rapture to take place Mm. and uh, nobody was going to do anything I mean it was whatever instructions that man gave Mm. I mean such people who followed that man did not study Mm. scriptures Mm. because if they studied their bible they will know that no man can tell you or predict Mm -hmm. the day or the hour and Mm. you don't follow any man Mm. the standard for us is Jesus Christ and the bible is the word of God it Mm. gives all that we need Mm. for life and godliness, mm. but where people don't study, they have no answers mm. to these things, so they swallow whatever the man of God says, mm. and every man is charismatic,
2: mm. he'll
4: believe everything he says, Who and, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was what happened when Jim Jones killed so many people mm. in the Jonestown, Guyana, around 1976 or mm. 78, you know, imagine telling people to drink poison, you're going poison. to meet yes. God, mm. and there are others who believe that UFOs will come and carry them and they will go to high mountains and be jumping off cliffs. Mm. I mean, it means your brains have been suspended. Yeah. Because if you are using the mind, you know it's even contrary to Scripture. Mm. The Bible talks about the rapture, how it will happen. So why not go and see what the Bible mm. says? But a number of times people don't study this thing. Mm. So for parents who have control over the churches their children attend, There's a limit, my brother, especially Mm. when those children have become adults.
2: Mm.
4: Once they cross the age of 18 Mm. in our country, there's a limit to what you can do. Mm. So you need to find out what it is they do in that place. Mm. If there's anything contrary, you speak Mm. to them. Mm. In this town, there's somebody that uh, I would say was more or less like somebody that uh, I was mentoring. And Mm. uh, quite a lot of young people go to his church. One or two things I don't agree with. But when I look at those things, they are not the fundamentals mm. in, of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. They are not even things I should go and be struggling and quarreling with him over. Mm. You understand? Mm. So I don't even think I should be fighting over those things. Mm. He has not preached any heresy, mm. to the best of my knowledge. So mm. if young people enjoy flocking there, mm. praise the Lord.
1: Mm. Okay. my dear, mm. any more comments to make on that? Uh,
3: well, uh, if, if we talk about um, progressing, when I was younger, mm. maybe mm. those were... I left my parents' Anglican church. Mm. So probably they would have looked at it as if I was going to one of the progressive mm-hmm. churches. Because at mm-hmm. that time, Pentecostalism was yeah. um, um, but was the in thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I came from an Orthodox back, background Anglican church. And so, just like you were say, I felt as if my parents were not spiritual. They were, <laughs> but they were not born again. Mm-hmm. They were just dry. Mm-hmm. They needed to be saved mm-hmm. and all that. Because... The Pentecostal churches had, were coming up and all that. Mm. So I, I, I stopped going to the Anglican church. I started going to the Pentecostal church. I was in the university. Mm. So there was a limit to what they could say to me mm. or do. Because even if they said, even if, even if when I was at home, they said, don't go there. You have to go to church with us. What about when I went back to school? You know, because I, I was mm. resident in the school. So I, I started going there. And then they, well, the funny thing that happened was that when I started going to, um, I, I was going to um, Christ Chapel then that in, in Lagos, that's 2 days before I, mm. I moved to TREM, Bishop Michael Konko, mm. my parents noticed the difference in my mm. life. They noticed I was better behaved and all that. Mm. In fact, they said, come and take your younger ones. I remember my mother saying that. But at the beginning, my father was very much against it. He mm. was not happy. Why are you going to this church? We don't know mm. what they are doing in this, you know, these new generation mm. churches. And then it was more interesting for me because... Like my husband said, well, you know, we'll dance, we'll praise worship. Not like we we'll just the Anglican Church where we we'll just stand and we we'll sing hymns. hymns. We were, there was something like praise worship. <laughs> <laughs> we sing hymns, hmm. and then when the sermon starts, the man will be the the um, what was it? reverend will hmm. be reading. Yeah. The sermon About and the church will be sleeping. And we will we <laughs> sleep. <laughs> but then we, I went to the, uh, to the Pentecostal church. There was praise, worship, and then the man of God, the pastor, will be preaching. And you, will be, you have to be a- awake. And mm. maybe after a while, he'll say, jump up, stand up and do this. You know, mm-hmm. young people. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. That was more exciting. Mm-hmm. Go to church. As you're coming back, you are praying, you are seriously on fire mm-hmm. for God. And so... That was more interesting Mm. for us anyway than the Anglican church. So there's a limit, like my husband said, to what you can control. But when you Mm. train the child, and the child knows the word of God, because that's the main thing. Mm. Once you know the word of God, it's it's difficult for you to be deceived. Mm. Because, of course, some of these places that call themselves churches Mm. preach things that are heretical. Mm. So if you know the word of God and you are, I mean, very conversant with Mm. it, then, when somebody preaches something that is contrary to the Word of God, you're mm. able to pick it. You mm. know that this is heresy, mm. and you immediately run from mm. those kind of gatherings. Mm. So, once your child is properly trained and mm. grounded in God's Word, mm. then it's um, it's it's a bit difficult for the child to stray. Mm. And for you, the parent, mm. it's still your responsibility. You don't say, "Oh, because it's going to be, I have a limit of so what I can do with the child." Oh, let them go anywhere. You research, mm. find out about that church. Then you can sit down with the with the um, child and say. See, this is what I heard that this man does. So I heard mm. this, I heard this. Are you aware that this is what he's do in this place? Are you aware? Have a, 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 a sensible conversation mm. with that child. Reason with the child. Mm. so that And then praying. You pray as well. You're, you pray and say, God, if this child is going astray, if this place is a mm. um, um, wrong place, please let him lose mm. interest. Let him or her lose interest in this mm. place. So you're praying and you're also talking to the child. Mm. You're not going to force the child and say, I don't want you to go, not, not to, I don't want to see you going to that place. When the child is old enough mm. to be able to make that decision, or no, not mm. a child who is 14, not mm. a child who is 12 and 13. Of course, I will force you to come to church with mm-hmm. me. Uh-huh. But when you're already, maybe you've crossed that age of, mm. is he even 18 or 21? Mm. i sure he's 18, Eighteen. in Nigeria. He's 18. 18. It's 18. Okay. 18. Yeah, I thought it was older than that. Okay. <laughs> well, let me also... I think 21 is for
1: drink, drinking or so. Uh, yes,
3: let mm. okay. me also add that
4: uh, uh, parents uh, who are struggling with. Uh, their children, maybe at this stage, some of them whose children are still at home, they can start certain things. Mm. One of the things that uh, we used that God helped us was at certain times when the children were growing up, mm. we made television time a family time.
2: Okay.
4: Mm. Uh, we could have uh, bought two or three television sets and kept them for everybody, but we chose not to. Mm. In fact, my my wife said, "No, let's have only one TV," and mm. it was there. In the, sitting room for everybody mm. so we'll all congregate there in the evening and uh, we have general things we are watching occasionally some of the programs will show certain things that are not palatable mm. they are not good mm. you know and uh, a child's mind will start wondering so mm. we use those opportunities mm. to teach them mm. you see the way this person has done this you see the way this person has dressed mm. this does not glorify god this is contrary to scripture. Mm. This person's statement, this is not the kind of statement Mm. that you should swallow, you know, Mm. don't even imbibe it, don't even practice it. Mm. So I think parents can use that and uh, it will help, I Mm. believe, because again, it's all about training Mm. because we are talking of youths who will develop and bring glory to God in the ministry. Mm. Even things um,
3: as simple as, um, programs as simple as Super Story. Yeah. Remember Super Story yes, then? Yes, yes. When we used to watch Super Story. Um, you know, it was, it was a um, general program. We yeah. have rated it PG. Yeah. Then um, there were times when they would show maybe a girl who's, who was living with a boy. Mm. They were not married. Mm. My husband would use that, uh, th- that opportunity okay. to preach. He would say, mm. this is wrong. They are yeah. doing this. But this is unscriptural. This mm. is wrong. You don't move into a man's house. You're mm. not married to the man. Mm. You don't go and live with a man. So this is wrong. So you don't ever do this. So there were things that we kept drumming into their heads. We kept on. We watched the um, things together, mm. but then we'll talk about yeah. the things that were off that were not mm. okay. So I think those are opportunities to... you know. And, and then, of course, we wanted only one television set in the house so mm. that we could kind of monitor mm. what everybody was involved mm. in. Then they were, they, nobody had handsets. Mm. So it was, it was a bit easier to, yeah. to monitor. Mm-hmm. No, social was the that mm-hmm. was, uh, no social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, no social media. And even when the social media started coming mm-hmm. up and, and handsets, the children were not allowed to get handsets until they got to a particular age anyway. That mm-hmm. was our own rule. And mm-hmm. So it was easier to you know, control certain mm-hmm. things. So, so that we were a bit, a bit mm-hmm. certain that when they got to a particular age, they had already learned mm-hmm. things that we had taught them. We had mm-hmm. trained them to a particular mm-hmm. point. Yeah, we are training them to a particular point where we felt a bit comfortable to mm-hmm. allow them to make their decisions mm-hmm. um, later.
1: Okay. So um, I when I hear stories from, let's say, my parents, for example, or the older generation, you know, there's a, a way you viewed father and mother, and there's a way they enacted, you know, rules and regulations within the home. But then now it's like, Parents are a bit more subtle with their fluid, children. More fluid. Yes, more fluid with their children. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or do we need to get a balance?
4: <laughs> In every relationship, balance is essential. Mm. Because without the balance, okay. you mm. cannot uh, mm. uh, achieve the objective. Mm. Because remember, for us here is uh, to raise godly offspring. Mm. To raise the leaders of tomorrow, mm. the future. Because whether you like it or not, generations will keep passing Mm. and new generations will come up. Mm. So as they come up, it's what you teach, Mm. what you impart, you know, it's unlike DNA. Mm. DNA is already embedded in the person, Mm. but this thing you need to teach. So, for example, what Mm. you just said is uh, very important. Uh, There are certain things when it comes to certain roles you can't escape from, Mm. but again... The pressure of society now Hmm. makes it more difficult for some of those things that happened in the past to happen now.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, one man can go out and work and provide for the family. Hmm. And he has everything. Hmm. Uh, You find out that probably 70 to 80% of families, that's how they survived.
2: Hmm. The
4: husband was the only person who was earning. But today, it's more difficult. Maybe 70 to 80 percent, two parents have to go out to survive, to Mm. make ends meet for the family so that the children can go to reasonable schools and the rest Mm. of them, you know? Mm -hmm. So in doing that, again, that's where the balance thing comes in. So I think essentially uh, we can't say we we want to look back with uh, nostalgia and say, Mm. oh, what happened before is uh, better Mm. than what is happening Mm. now. We need a balance. Mm. There were some good things and there were some bad things Mm. that we had then. Mm. And uh, even now,
2: Mm.
4: quite a number of uh, the bad things. Mm. The declensions are there. Uh, We've mentioned a few of them. And I know one of the major issues now is the peer pressure that comes from what our children watch on social media. Mm. Because no matter how you struggle, if you don't give your child a phone, yes, your child doesn't have a phone, doesn't have any Mm. access to the internet but friends do. Mm
2: -hmm. Their
4: friends do. Mm -hmm. So, And they will start talking about one particular thing or talk about one particular person. Mm. And before you know it, your child's friends Mm. are turning towards liking this person. Mm. Your child may also like to belong Mm. to that group. So he or she, let's follow. Uh, For example, I was telling someone, and I think we've discussed that with my wife. This is my own opinion now. I feel that a number of people in the Western world, mm. who will tell you they are transgender
2: mm.
4: or they are homodies or lesbian? Candidly, most mm. of them don't know what they are talking about. Mm. I think some of them, it's just peer pressure. Mm. They are following their friends, mm. or they are following what they've mm. read from the society. Mm. Oh, this thing is a trend. It's mm. happening. So let me be part of it. Like, at one time, young people will go and sleep everywhere, and then commit abortion Mm. because it was the in thing for them. So a number of these people will tell you I'm trans. Mm. I'm not sure they understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Later on, when they grow up through life, they now realize that uh, I really wasn't this person. I made a mistake. Mm. So it was just peer pressure. Uh, Some of them is not the fault of the home or the Mm. parents. It's probably Mm -hmm. from society. Mm. And candidly, it's difficult for you to shield your children Mm. from societal influences. Even if you try as mm. hard as you can try. Mm. In our own place here, we don't have billboards mm. uh, shouting out all these messages, mm. like the Western yes. world, mm. but there are still things. We still have a few magazines mm. here, you have this one, you have that one. But like I said, some mm. of their friends will have some of these devices mm. where they can pick up information from. Mm. So, it's just to see how we can be off.
1: Okay, so, you mentioned some of the societal problems. Mm. So, Simply put, do you think Christian parents today need to be more firm?
4: I think they need to be alert. Mm.
2: They
4: need to be alert. And when it comes to firmness, it depends on what. Mm. Firmness, yes, because you need to encourage your children to know that which is right. Mm. And let them do that which is right. For example, you see, you have a child growing up. If you don't Mm. occupy that child with something... Mm some other thing will occupy the child and yeah. it might be something negative mm. for example today we saw some of these very small children mm. attending boys brigade mm. that's an something that takes their attention and occupies their time. Yes. you know it's something good mm-hmm. but imagine somebody who has no chance to do this kind of thing mm. he will look for other ways mm. the devil will look for other things to fill that mind mm. up you understand that's yes. what i'm
3: saying
1: okay my any comments?
3: Okay, talking about the rules, mm. um, you know, you were saying uh, it's like they are not that clear cut anymore, mm. the rules of mm. the husband and the wife. Mm. Um, when you compare it to what used to happen before, mm. those days you say, okay, the husband was the mm. uh, sole provider, mm. while the wife was the one who would be in the house, cook mm. the meals, and all that. But because, we, because women are becoming more and more economically empowered mm. now, and um, things are not as easy economically, both husbands and wives mm. are providing. Mm. But I think one of the rules that I, we, we need to, one of the rules according to scripture that I know we need to continue to uphold is that of the husband as a spiritual head of the home. Mm. That one I think is, uh, it should not be deb- debated. Except mm. where the husband does not, is not mm. there. When, they, when you're dealing with a single parent situation. Mm. Uh-huh. Or where the husband is not a believer, mm. for instance. Yes, there are cases like that. Mm. And the wife is the one who is the believer. Mm. Then she will have to assume that role. But mm. as long as both of them are believers. Mm. The husband remains the spiritual mm. head of the home. As much as possible, the husband should also be the one who provides, mm. who is the breadwinner. Mm. But then there are cases where that might not happen mm. because maybe the wife has a better job or the mm. husband doesn't even want to have a job mm. for maybe whatever reason. Mm. Then the wife has to help, help mm. out. Yes, the Bible talks about having the helpmeet and all mm. that, but that she so- mm. provides a support um, uh, role in mm. the home. So if there is a situation where... Economically, things are not very well balanced. Then the, hus- the wife will have to come in and, mm. and help in mm. providing for the home. And it should be done without any any problems, without mm. any bitterness, without any grudges on mm. anybody's part. She should just be done mm. seamlessly. Mm. So that's, and then of, of course, um, there should be mutual respect mm. between the husband and wife. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't mm. matter whether you're the one who is providing or mm. not, but there should be mutual mm. respect. And the children, sh- the children should see that happening. Mm. That there is mutual respect, so that they are brought up in an atmosphere where, in a healthy atmosphere, where there mm. is peace and where spiritually everybody mm. is thriving.
1: Okay, that's interesting. So now that, uh, like you mentioned, husband and wife, because of you know the economy and yeah. the way the, the the world is today, you know, in order to make ends meet, both of them have to go out, and it appears some of them are abdicating their responsibilities True. and. You know, uh, allowing children to do whatever they they please. So do you think that firmness is needed? A bit more firmness.
3: Okay, you said some of them because they are not available, Mm. parents are not available. If they are not available, how are they going to be able to be firm? Mm. (laughs) If both parents are not available. Mm. Now, there are certain sacrifices sacrifices that must be made. Mm. Um, I personally do not subscribe to the idea of Um, the husband and the wife being apart Mm. because of economic reasons. Personally, I do not. Mm. But there are certain cases where that must happen. I know there are cases where the husband maybe is in Abuja, the Mm. wife is in Lagos or Mm. something like that, and she's the only one raising the children. There's a problem with that because those children, there's no way you will not have problems Mm. because you need both parents for Mm. there to be balance in raising those children right. Now, there might be cases where you cannot avoid it and Mm. they have to be um, separate. And then, you know, the thing is, by the time the man comes, maybe mm. uh, on occasional weekends, you know, he now does a little work. It's mm. not enough to, mm. um, to help out with, his ch- with the children. So it's a problem. Mm. In cases where you can avoid it, if you can manage the resources that you have, let that sacrifice be made for mm. both of you to be together. Mm. If the man can work and maybe the woman has to sacrifice mm. being somewhere else, mm. or if the man has to be maybe in Abuja, and the wife can sacrifice her legal job mm. and go and join him in Abuja, let her do so. Mm. And let them manage whatever they, they... You don't have to send your children to those expensive schools you're mm. thinking about. You can send them to cheaper schools. Mm. And then you do your work as a, as, uh, as a parent mm. in helping with the training, okay, academic-wise, mm. you know, of those children. Mm. Firmness is very important in raising children. You must, you must be firm in raising children. Mm. Because children will always test you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's normal with children. They want to test you. They want to see how far... They can go with anything. And when they see that you're not talking, they will, they will go farther than, you know, than the length they have gone. So mm. you must be firm in raising children. Mm. You know, when the Bible talks about training up a child in the way that he mm. should go, and then the Bible also talks about the road of correction, mm. that it will not, it will not uh, that road of correction cannot kill you, mm. will not kill you as a child. Of course, you need to re- use the road of correction with discretion. The road of correction might not necessarily even be a well a literal, rod. A literal cane. I don't mm. know it must be a literal cane. But there are certain times when you must use a mm. literal cane in raising children if they if, and like I said, you have to know your children. Mm. There are certain children that I like my children now. Mm. I know the one when we when they were younger, I knew the one that before you bring the cane she has almost died. <laughs> <like, laughs> she's, she's screaming, she's crying. You don't even need to use that cane. Mm. Uh-huh. Because she knows that the threat of I will bring this cane she'll start crying and mm. all that. So you know the children. You know the one that needs. Um, you might not. You might not use the same level of firmness for each or every yeah. each of them, but you must be strict in raising children mm. so that they are on the right path. Mm. You balance that, of course, with love. You know that even as you're being in you're letting the children know. The reason that I'm punishing you for this offense is because I love you. Because mm. you have done something that is wrong and if you continue along this path, mm. this is where you end up mm. and that is not right. Mm. So we must be firm. We can't mm. just leave children. I, I, I see parents these days who think that because they love their children, they just allow the children to do anything they want mm. to do. And it is, it is very... Um, disheartening to see. Mm-hmm. You just leave children to do anything they want to do, mm-hmm. and the child will tell you, "This is what I want to do. This is where I want to go." This is where, and you mm-hmm. say, "Okay, okay, eh, that's what they want." Now, eh, is their time and mm-hmm. all those things. You are the parent who has more. You are wiser, mm-hmm. so you should be the one to dictate the path of yeah. things. You're the one that would direct mm-hmm. the children along the path that they should go until they get to the age where mm-hmm. they are wise enough to take decisions mm-hmm. on their own. So firmness is important, yes.
4: Let me just say something. There was something she had mentioned before. You see, in the family, where, because of the situation now economically, where one partner might be the breadwinner, Hmm. let's even say it's a woman, Hmm. and I've seen that a lot in a number of Christian homes, Uh, some dysfunction has come in. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, In certain homes, some women are not wise enough to understand that, Yes, I might be the breadwinner, but uh, there is still some level of respect Mm. that I should show. And then we should do this thing as a couple Mm. so that the world does not know that this is what's happening. Because Mm. some women, they know that the husband, I'll give you an example. Somebody whose husband was doing an excellent job. She wasn't Mm. even working then.
2: Mm.
4: And uh, he was even able to buy a brand new car mm. for her mm. you know when her friends didn't have but later on the person now said no the person was sacked the person mm-hmm. lost his uh, his job mm. and uh, it became an issue that kind of person you don't disparage you don't brobeat you don't beat him down mm. because you will so discourage that person the person will not even understand what needs to be done there is a family now that uh, uh, incidentally uh, both of them have a, a, what do you call it, they have uh, retired mm-hmm. from work. The husband actually wasn't retired. He lost his job mm. much more earlier. And he lost, of course, capacity to bring any f- finances home. But he will still struggle here and there. Mm. He will struggle here and there. At one point, I think the children started noticing that uh, it's only mommy that uh, was mm. bringing money. So allegiance and respect now yes. shifted to mommy. <laughs> they now started disrespecting their dad. Mm. In fact, he mentioned to me, my children don't have respect for me mm. because I'm not earning something good. You know. So we need to learn mm. even amongst parents. Yeah. Again, that is where balance still comes mm. in. You know. I want to believe that if those people had a good foundation mm. as a couple before they even came together, this will be an issue. Mm. One of the things that uh, we did was uh, we had some real good discussions. In fact, it was like a Bible study. Mm. But more or less, it was actually some serious discussion. There, is this, there are these two books we had then. One of them is uh, titled Handbook for Engaged Couples by Robert and Alice Freilin. Mm. And then they have now Handbook for Married Couples. By the same, Robert and Alice Riley. Okay. And we decided to go through when we were engaged, Mm. the handbook for engaged couples, and you discuss issues, Mm. one after the other. Is it in-laws? Is it sex? Is it money? Mm. And all the rest of them. And candidly, money has never been an issue in our home for us. Mm. Uh, The engaged couples, we also... Is it that we didn't quarrel? No, we did, and we still do. We still have our misunderstandings, Mm. but so far... God has helped us. Mm. We have developed wise ways Mm. to resolve our things. Mm. So I think uh, this, because if a family becomes dysfunctional, Mm. you can bet yourself that they will produce children Mm. or adults or youths that have become problems and dysfunctional in the society. So that's also another area Mm. that they need to watch. Mm.
1: Okay. So it's been very informative so far. So by way of conclusion what would be your advice ma'am let me start with you what would be your advice to families though we've already started preferring some solutions mm. so what would be just a concise advice to families that are struggling with their children
3: okay mm. yes um, well i don't think it's ever too late for um, things to be reversed hopefully under god mm. i don't think it's about i i believe Seriously in the power of prayer. Mm. And for me, I think that is the best thing. That's the number one thing. If you find that you have missed it, mm. maybe through your own fault or whatever, as far as raising children is concerned, maybe you have missed it and the children have now started doing things that you never expected. they mm. become wayward or something. I think the very first thing is to just go to God in prayer and just mm. confess before God and say, God, I'm sorry. Mm. I missed it. We, mm. we, made, we, we, did, we, we didn't do the right thing as far as raising these children is concerned, please just grant us wisdom on what to do. Mm. Save these children. You might be talking about children who are now beyond your control, Mm. who are old, I mean, adults, and Mm. they have moved out of the house, or they are still living Mm. with you, and you don't know how to reverse the things that you had already set in motion Mm. before then. And then go back to the Bible, Mm. and the biblical principles are there, Mm. how to raise our children. And you can even seek counsel from Mm. people can look for people who are um who you see that maybe have done a fairly good job Mm. raising their children you can get tips from them if you don't know Mm. if you haven't learned yet you can still find out from them this is what this is where my children are what can i do to change things and then prayerfully begin to work with those children let god touch their hearts first that is what you need to pray for for god to arrest their hearts for Mm. him because I think the very first step is for them to have an encounter with Jesus. Mm. That's the major thing. Once those children have a personal divine encounter mm. with God, then it's easier to begin to, you know, bring them back. Um, as the Bible says, that um, if the foundation be it's destroyed, right. what can the righteous mm. do? So if mm. already the foundation is faulty, mm. the only thing you can do now is just go to God and mm. let Him first of all, get their hearts back to him, and then mm. you can begin to change things, mm. reverse things, no matter how far mm. things have gone or how bad things have become. Thank you. yes,
4: sir. I want to encourage parents. Uh, today we saw this young man who was given a whole Bible chapter to mm. recite. Mm. I think that one of the things we can do to encourage our children also mm. is to teach them mm. the word of God. But for a child that is old and for a parent or parents who think we've made mistakes, Mm. we've not uh, been firm with these children, we have allowed them to become lax morally. It's possible,
2: Mm.
4: I didn't mention this, that the parent or parents didn't set a good example Mm. or they set bad example. Mm. If you as a father telling your son don't smoke,
2: and or don 't humanize
4: or don 't do this, <laughs> you mm. need to be honest, mm. and you, the child knows the father is dishonest, the, chi- the father lies to people, the father cheats mm. people, and the rest of them. I assure you that child is going to practice what mm. the father does mm. you know so that 's a decline in morality in mm. society it 's the fault of the parent. Mm. so where you realize you 've made a mistake, mm. ask God for forgiveness, mm. like my wife said, very essential to pray it 's never too late. God can always come through for you. Mm. The God we serve is the God of a second chance. Mm. I've never given up on the fact that God can turn people around. Mm. There are people that we say, "Ah, this one is tough, it's difficult, Mm. but it's not too difficult for God. Mm. So the Lord can handle a number Mm. of these things for us. But we as parents, Mm. we should do our own work. Mm. In firmness, from the young age, Mm. you start with them. Mm. But firmness does not mean harshness. Mm. You can be firm and you can still be friendly. Mm. You play with them. They know when you are serious. Mm. They know when Mm. they've done something wrong. In fact, Mm. sometimes just a look Mm. from your eyes will send Mm -hmm. a message. Mm -hmm. You understand? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Thank Mm. you.
1: So thank you so much. Well, I am not married yet. I don't have have children, but I pray and I hope that um, some of these things you've said, the discussions we've had, the advices, by God's grace, I and other young people listening will remember Mm you know, to put them into practice by Amen. God's grace. And, um, of course, for the parents listening as well that may, might be struggling, one or two of the things we've mentioned, you know, regarding raising children, we pray that the Holy Spirit will help them
4: Amen. to
1: put some of these things into practice for the benefit of God's kingdom.
4: Can I still make an appeal that Oh, this, yes, sir. Mm. I don't know whether they have a PDF copy of this book, mm. a handbook for engaged couples. Okay. By Robert and Alice Freilin. Mm, I'm taking a- it. It's, it's, a, it's a reprinted, uh, it's a published by Interversity Christian Fellowship okay. of the United States of America. Okay. You know? Mm. And IFS bookshops used to have them before. I don't know if they still do. Okay. But you can find a handbook for engaged couples, mm-hmm. and for married couples. Mm. But go to the net. I'm sure mm. you might have yeah copies to I'm download. sure it to be there. Yeah. Very mm. important. Thank you People so much. And mm. If you have similar <laughs> books, very important. Thank, <laughs> Thank, you.
1: Thank you so much. We'll surely look into that. Yeah. So, um, in conclusion, as Christians, we have been called by God to be light and salt of the earth. The goal of every Christian family is to be Christ-centered so that through the power of the Holy Spirit, our families can produce godly children who will go forth and light up the world in different spheres of life as they continue to grow. This is the kind of influence the Father wants us to have. If we do not perform our roles as Christian families, the world will inevitably be consumed by darkness and chaos, and we do not want that. So once again, a very big thank you to our guests today, it was very informative, and I hope we can do this again sometime soon. So, thank you for coming on the thank show. You. Thank
3: you for having us.
1: Thank you. thank you. I'd also like to thank you. I'll say thank you to the Youth Vibes team working on the production of this episode behind the scenes. God bless you guys. And to our awesome listeners, thank you for staying through to the end. We really hope you were blessed, and if you were, please kindly share this episode with someone you care about. And um, you can reach out to us on the email youth for epc at gmail.com. That's youth, Y O U T H, four. That's the figure, four, E-P-C at gmail.com. So that's youth4epc at gmail.com. We'll be happy to hear from you and respond as promptly as possible. So once again, I'm Godfrey Ali, wishing you all of God's blessings. Catch you on the next episode. Bye.